episode 21 of Across the Pond. My name is David Ashbaugh, as always, joined by my co-host 610 Funquist. And 610, we're going through a bit of a heat wave here in Linchoping. It yeah. has been ridiculously warm. Well, yeah. I'm and I guess we, I'm dying. I guess we shouldn't really complain, but when it's like... You can what? always complain. When, <laughs> but when it's like 22 degrees at like 2 in the morning, yeah. it makes it a little hard to sleep. Yes, and with, when it's 29.6 at 7 in the morning and you got a kid next to you... Mm. It's like a sauna. And kids are little furnaces as is. So. They are, yeah. <laughs> but uh, coming up on the show today, we unfortunately don't have an, in, an interview. Haven't been able to really track down anybody, but we thought we'd put out an episode concentrating kind of just doing a full recap of uh, what's happened to the teams in the off season, who's leaving, who's joining, um, stuff like that. So we're going to go through all 14 teams and kind of assess maybe who has had the best off-season as far as acquisitions, who's had the worst off-season as far as players leaving, stuff like that. Yeah, and we've had a few signings since we started prepping for the show, so we got a <clears throat> three signings to start things off. Another uh, ECHL guy that yeah. you uh, sent me a message about this morning. Who was that? Kate Cato? Matt Cato, uh, right shot D-man, has signed with Lexan coming over from Coco. Uh, that's uh, K double O K double O from Finland. Oh, from Finland. From Cuckoo, yeah. Maybe C- Cuckoo for Coco. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He spoke very well of Lex, and I uh, just read an <coughs> interview with him on their webpage. Apparently, the goalie, Henrik Halkenan, who signed with Ferris, I think, uh, spoke very well of Lex, and kind of pushed him in that direction, apparently. Um, I don't know much about this guy at all, but he's put up some he's decent some numbers. Pretty in, decent in, numbers, in, in yeah. Finland. He only had the one season in Finland, and then also played in Austria, I believe, yeah. for Graz 99ers. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so another... Another North American. Yeah, we're going to get into that, but we can start here because the numbers he's put up in in the EBEL in Austria uh, is quite impressive. He has 19 goals and 25 assists for 44 points in 52 games, which is really nice. Yeah. Uh, add to that uh, 10 points, two of which are goals in their playoffs, which lasted for 10 games. Which so. also mentioned he's a defenseman. So I told him. I told oh, okay, him. yeah. So those offensive numbers are pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, it is. Also in Finland, he had 43 points, um, eight, eight goals and 35 assists in 59 games. Looks like a bit of a scrapper. He's got quite a few penalty minutes. Well, decent. I mean, yeah. a minute a game, basically. But this isn't Finland, and this isn't Austria. This is true. Uh, It'll be interesting to see if he's able to adjust to exactly. kind of the, the, the bigger league. And just... Well, then to be fair, Norway is in Sweden and Cody Curran made one hell of a stint here. So This is true. Uh, before, prior to uh, going to Austria, he played for uh, <laughs> quite a few teams, actually. Toledo Walleye in the ECHL, Grand Rapid Griffins in the AHL, uh, Rapid, Rapid City Rush in the ECHL, and Iowa Wild in the AHL. So he's been around. Yep. Uh, he's a LA area... I don't know this place, but it's he's from Coto de Casa in California, which is I, I have no idea. About. Also, love the fact that he went to Miami University, yeah, in Ohio. Yes, <laughs> which is kind of nice. Um, I always find that funny that there's Miami University in Ohio. He's five foot eleven, one hundred ninety pounds, or one hundred and eighty centimeters, eighty six kilograms. So, uh, yeah. Your average guy, basically. So um, hopefully it'll work out for Lexand. Um, I mean, I could definitely see him getting some time on the power play with those kind of offensive numbers. Definitely. I tried to look him up, like, highlight-wise, but I couldn't, wasn't able to find much, to be fair. Uh, I want to see his shot, because what he did in Austria was kind of impressive. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Decent signing for Lexand. Excellent. What are the other signings? We have Nick yeah. Evert returning to Arbro. We've been talking about I don't think anybody was really surprised no. by that, but it has been confirmed that Nick Evert, yes, will be returning to Arbro, and I'm sure Arbro will be happy to have him back. Yeah, uh, we've talked about Nick Evert uh, in our previous episodes, I believe, so we don't need to go deeper into that. Arbro did also sign... Uh, <laughs> Borna Randulic, we talked about him uh, previously. Vancouver but... Vancouver Canucks legend, Borna Randulic, yeah. played one game for the Vancouver Canucks. He did, yeah, <laughs> but I, I kind of looked him up. I, I didn't know much about him before. Uh, this was kind of uh, popping up on the radar, but this guy, I mean, he can fly. Yeah, he's pretty fast. He's a really nice skater. He's a right shot forward uh, with a great slap shot, but uh, looking about, uh, at the highlights, um, obviously highlights are highlights, so I don't know about his... 200 foot game uh, that much 
But if he can get his shot going in there, bro, yeah. that's a 15-goal goal scorer for sure. I definitely, And I, I actually meant to try and look this up before the episode, but I wanted to see how many Croatian players have actually played in the SHL <laughs> because he's definitely going to be the first in a few years, that's for sure. I mean, Croatia, obviously, not really known for their nah, hockey... Not really. Uh, produ- pr- ...production of hockey players, but uh, he spent some time in the NHL. He had a few games with Colorado, like I said, one game with Vancouver... Um, was a mainstay with the Utica Comets, who is the Canucks, obviously, AHL affiliate, before coming back over to Europe and kind of bounced around, played, well, half a, half a season in Liga, half a season in the, or a season and a half in the KHL, spent last, or this past season, I should say, in the German League, where he put up some really impressive numbers, I should mention, 27 goals, yeah. 22 assists, 49 points in 50 games played, so it'll be interesting to see if he's able to adjust. He was way too good for the German League, obviously, um... I was looking at those highlights yesterday, and I mean, some of the goals he scored there just won't happen in the SHL. No. Uh, there are some insane, like, goal errors that you won't see here. But then again, he does find his spot from pretty much anywhere. Yeah. And he has a nice dish, so he can dish it out. And, I mean, with that speed, carrying the puck through the neutral zone with that body, because he's a big guy. He's um, six foot two, 198 pounds. That is 188 centimeters and 90 kilograms. So you won't move him that easily, especially when it gets going. Yeah. So he can probably quite literally go through you. Yeah. Uh, and I'm I'm really excited to see him play. Yeah, absolutely. It, it will be really nice. And I'm a, I have a weak spot for uh, right shooters because for some reason they tend to shoot a lot harder, to, yep. be, to be fair. Um, I don't know why that is, but yeah. So, uh, nice signing by Erbro, who's strengthened their team quite a lot in the past few days now. So Absolutely. Yeah, looking forward to seeing him uh, in action. All right, should we get going on the teams? No, because there are some news. Uh, oh, there is. The league has confirmed they will start on September 19th, as of now, um, with or without fans. That still has to be decided, I guess? Yes. I it, would say probably no fans, at least till Christmas. I'm with you there. Um, probably in the New Year's or later on, if that... So hopefully we, if the pandemic, I don't know, it's not in check, obviously, because looking worldwide, but if they can, they can get things going in Sweden as far as playing hockey, yeah. we got soccer going for us now, which yep. is cool. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we're looking at a league start at um, September 19th, which will be quite nice. Unfortunately, because in Sweden, the first like practice uh, for the teams are a huge fan thing. Yeah, It usually turns into not a fanfare, but... It's a gathering for the fans just to meet the new players, and they're usually a, like a big-name presentation kind of thing. Yeah. And obviously, that might not happen in the way it's supposed to be, which is kind of a bummer for all the kids. But then again, if we get hockey, we get hockey. So, exactly. So that's cool. Uh, <clears throat> on contrast, Hockey Allsvenskan, which by now everyone should know, or if you're a new listener, it's our second-tier league in Sweden. Yeah. Uh, they won't start without fans. That seems odd. Because the well, there. If there's, I'm gonna pull it up. I should have done that before. Sorry. Um, they made a statement the other day. They're due to start on September 11th. Yeah. Um, and the headline literally goes, "We're starting at uh, September 11th if the crowds are allowed in the arenas." Um, all in all, short. Um, the official kind of thing is. Uh, playing hockey without fans is like dancing without music. Um, for hockey, all the crowd is everything from families to stats, stat nerds to friends, uh, senior citizens, and organized supporters. Um, playing without them um, and thereby losing the atmosphere yeah. um, is nothing that our clubs would like to do. It's the official statement. They're, they go into more stuff, but. They will revisit the question or the, revisit this on August 13th, uh, 13th sorry, uh, when there is an owner meeting. So yeah. I'm kind of... I, I completely disagree with that. I'm, I don't think this is the full story. I think this is a financial thing. It might be, yeah. But it sounds good. And I, I truly agree with the fans in the arenas. I mean, they do 99.9... Of the percent of the atmosphere are the fans. Well, obviously, but yeah. this is kind of an unprecedented situation. Exactly, and like you said, it might be a money factor I think that so. the revenue from fans is needed to yes. keep teams. Afloat. I think so. Which is, I understand they won't, don't want to, like broadcast that because it, in Sweden that would be sending the wrong signals. Mm. But then again, 
I think that's where we are. But because looking at the motorcycle speedway league or whatever you want to call it in yeah. English, um, they they are really said we can't do this without the money from the fans. Yeah. So, and just looking at the TV deal for Hockey Allsvenskan compared to the SHL, it's a it's a we're talking millions of dollars. Oh yeah. In in difference here, so um, not tens of millions of dollars, but millions of dollars, like two or three, yeah. which is a lot of money for a Swedish hockey club, especially. Uh, those moving between the SHL and the Hockey Allsvenskan on a regular basis. So it's unfortunate, and I understand their standpoint, but let's hope for their sake that they can get back to having at least a few fans in the stands. Because yep. look at Denmark. Look at um, the Danish Super League, I, I think it's called, I don't know, whatever, in soccer. Mm-hmm. They started off without fans, and I think last weekend they were allowing fans in the stands, but they had to sit with, like, Three, three, or, seats three, three or four seats in between. So, yeah. so in an arena for 15,000 people, there were 3,000 people. Yeah. But there were people. Yes, exactly. Then again, it's outside and blah, blah, blah. But... Or you could do what the South Korean Baseball League has done and put stuffed animals in the seats. That's just weird. <laughs> I, I saw a video of that the other day. I thought it was hilarious. But that's kind of South Korea for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love South Korea, man. They're weird. But, um, uh, yeah. So we'll, what's your take on this? Should... I mean, I, I, I think it, like you said, I think it has to do with the money. Although I think they're not taking the right approach saying, oh, we're not going to play without fans kind of is a, kind of standoffish, I guess. Yeah. Basically. And yeah, uh, I, I can understand if they came out and said the same thing as, you know, Speedway saying without the fans, we can't afford to do this. You know, a lot of the Allsvenskan clubs just aren't funded no, very exactly. well. Um, especially, like you said, compared to the SHL when it comes to television deals as well. And so, yeah, um, I mean, this whole situation, I think, is going to have a huge effect and kind of rework the way a lot of leagues around the world A lot of teams. Function, yeah. Um, just on a side note, uh, attached to this, it's kind of the Swedish mentality sometimes is you kind of don't want to speak the truth because it could hurt someone hmm. or offend someone. And I don't give a flying rat's ass about that <laughs> because you need... Especially in times like these, speak the truth. Tell us what you want, what you need, because how the hell are we supposed to know? Exactly. So uh, it's a statement, but it's a statement that I see a few holes in, and, and I don't see the complete picture here. Uh, well, I kind kind of do, but I don't think they want to tell us the complete picture. Yeah. Uh, then again, well, if you have an opinion, just tweet us, and we'll read them out and see if we can like get some nice suggestions going on how do you would, would you guys want to uh get fans into the arenas and what would the measurements be for you guys to come back to a hockey arena watching live hockey not just in sweden everywhere yeah exactly um because well especially in sweden we have stands people yeah. are standing quite close to each other and well i'm not sure that will be like that going forward yeah and that would lose i mean we'll lose so much of the supporter culture which is insane so there it's going to be crazy things. to see yeah. how it all works out. But, uh, yeah. Anyways, let's... Uh... There's a rumor going on. Of? Patrick Berglund. What about? <laughs> well, it's not a rumor. I just read somewhere that Brinas might try to lure him over. Really? Apparently, he hasn't signed a new deal with you, Lauren. Hmm. So that would I'm trying be interesting. To... Yeah. This, is, this was a weird segue, by the way. But moving on. Uh, I, I try to, like, get more... Uh, out of it so just google the article i yes three days ago after it it would be stupid not to be interested of a player available on the market and who hasn't shot a door to bring us which what was what uh general manager or sport chief mika Sindler said to to uh after three days ago so apparently uh apparently it's nothing confirmed that bergland uh is back with Jurgen and apparently he's without a contract so hmm. that should uh, make pretty much every SHL team interested yeah absolutely <clears throat> if you can fit Patrick Bergson in financially and in, on your squad well there you go okay I think uh, that's all of the news so um, let's get on to kind of running down what the teams have done yeah. and we'll try to get all the teams into this episode if not we can save some for next episode yeah because there's a much. lot of stuff to talk about maybe yeah um, but just you, you kind of went, medical order. Or? Yeah, that's what I was yeah. thinking. Just go from the top, and you were kind <laughs> of concentrating on players that have come in. 
Well, I, I kind of did an overall thing. Okay, um, yeah. I was looking more at players that have left. And just, like, I know we've talked about, you know, player turnover on the podcast before. But just to give you some indication as to how common player turnover is <laughs> from season to season. The lowest amount of players leaving their respective team is Luleo. Only lost four regulars from last season. And Joel Lazanati, Johan Ovi2, Yunus Yalanti, and Emilio Larson. And then on the other end of the spectrum, <laughs> you have Oscar Sham, who is basically going to have a brand new team next year. I think they've had they have seventeen players leaving from this past season's squad. It's like a school class. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what you it's guys, like. Guys, we're going on a field trip. You're not returning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's start at the top, which would be Brinus. Yes. Who have uh, a lot of turnover, especially behind the bench. Yes, uh, with a new coach, uh, Peter Anderson, coming over from Malmö. Together with Peter Strolle, we were into that uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, Strolle, obviously, coming from Frölunda, but has worked uh, in the Malmö region before and knows Peter Anderson, so that's kind of cool. Uh, they've got Victor Anvian coming in as a goalie. From the Lakers, from yeah. the Lakers. Christopher Berglund from uh, Dinamo Riga and Tom Hedberg. John Nyberg uh, are all new D-men. Coming over, and they've managed to lure Adam Pettersson down from Skellefteå as well. Also, they got a J20 or U20 guy, Oscar Bidersson, coming up, uh, coming up to the main squad. And leaving, uh, they've got goaltender Joachim Eriksson, Victor Soderstrom, and Eric Norian as uh, defensemen who are leaving. And then Joachim Rodin, Lucas Zetterberg, Jacob Bloomquist, and Marcus Westfalt as forwards who are leaving. Of all those people, who do you think is the biggest loss? Soderstrom. Absolutely. I would say either, By far. Yeah, either Soderstrom or Bloomquist is probably going to leave a bit of a yeah. gap in their offense. But yeah, Soderstrom absolutely, I think, is the biggest biggest loss for them. I gotta say, I, I just made some notes yesterday going through the teams, and they look stronger on paper. They mm. really do. Uh, how much stronger? I don't know. Who's going to score? Team. Sorry? Who's going to score for them? Greg Scott was their... Greg best. Scott, uh, Anton Rodin. Yeah, but none of them... Well, I don't... I think Jaden Deschanel lived up to his potential he this season, not. so I think he's got a, a high ceiling that he he still hasn't hit yet. So I could definitely see him kind of breaking out and having having a good season if uh, if he can kind of. I honestly don't know what was I don't want to say wrong with him, but just not not performing oh. to the level they probably expected him to. Sorry, I was completely off. I was looking at stats yesterday, and I for some reason thought Greg Scott Thorpe scored uh, thirteen goals. He scored nineteen, which is kind of cool, which is really good actually. Um, but yeah, they need more. Yeah. And, uh, I'm not sure if Patrick Bergman is a goal scorer per se, but he can then again create chances for anyone else. Exactly. Um, they're looking better, but how much better we'll see. And it all comes down to their coaching staff now. Yeah. They need to prove it. Absolutely. You're Gordon. Next, well, as far as alphabetical order is concerned, they haven't had a whole lot of turnover so far. But they've lost some key pieces. They have lost some key pieces. I mean, just looking at this right now, Linus Anderson and Tobias Ekberg are basically... And sorry, Mantis Armalis, I think, is probably their biggest... Acquisition. Acquisition yeah. in the offseason. And, um, yeah, so he's going to be big between the pipes for them. Dude, they lost Linus Hulström. He had 165 shots on goals in this season. That's huge. That's most in the SHL. Yeah. And he's a D-man. He scored 15 goals, 32 points in total. And if they lose Patrick Bergen, who did score 17 goals, we should uh, should, should mention, they're, they down, they're down 32 goals. Yeah. I also liked Ollie Alsing, who's leaving. Yeah. Um, I, I, he's a good young player that I thought had a lot of potential. Um, but he, where is he off to? At the NHL, right? Yeah, that's what I thought, yeah. And so, obviously, that's going to leave a pretty, pretty big gap in their lineup because... Um, Can't mention the team, though. I, I, he's not listed on... Is he drafted? He was drafted by... Oh, no, he's signed with Ottawa. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> he might be back. He might be one of those people that goes over for a few a few games and then decides to come back to Sweden. I could see him playing with Belleville for a while. Yeah. That, actually. Yeah, that would be true. Um, I mean, Robin Jensen is another goaltender lost for them but they've replaced him with Mantis Armalis yeah and they so. had a bit of a goalie turnover last season with uh, Kari Ramo coming in yeah for a while as well so. <laughs> and Kari Ramo I mean he's a good goaltender but like the body check the high yeah that's the highlight a goaltender highlight yeah. of the season for me and he threw it against uh Rogla, right yeah he threw it against Rogla, and it was like the craziest 20 minute second period I think I've ever seen in my entire life and it was against Daniel Zarr. Oh, yeah. Because Zarr had a clean break to the puck. It was along the half board. 
backwards, but he would have had a clean, he would have broke back towards the net and would have had, you know, a partial break coming in from a sharp angle. Kari Ratmo decided to eliminate that possibility by <laughs> skating out to the half boards and throwing a pretty decent body check against Daniel Zarr. No high arms, no nothing. No. It was a really good <laughs> if you I was just, calling that game and I couldn't believe what I had just seen. I think we've been into this before, but I don't, I'm not sure if the highlights on SHL.ac are like, Geo blocked, but if not, look it, look it up because, because I'm fairly sure the highlight guy put it in there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and yeah, so, um, yeah, uh, your Gordon staying fairly similar to what we saw past season, but like we had mentioned, biggest change for them coming in the uh, goaltender position. Yeah, they need more scoring, and I think Manuel Ogren can provide that. Mm. He, he had a decent season, scoring nine plus ten, so 19 points in 49 games, but he had a break, sorry, breakout season, I'd say. He was really good. Uh, Anton Hedman, yeah, he can do a lot more. Yeah. Um, also, Dick Axelson, I mean, he did score 26 points in 31 games. I was going to say, he missed basically. the first 15 <clears throat> so or 20 games of the season. On 52 games, what, what would that be? That would be kind of uh, much. That would be, sorry. <laughs> I think he'd probably be up in mid-40s. 43 points, yeah. so 44 almost, which would made him the best point scorer in Eurogarden. So, yeah. Um they're solid, though. Yeah. Well, if, if they get to keep Alexander Holt for a year, that would be awesome. But yeah, I, don't, exactly. I don't think so. Next team is arguably one of the teams that have had the biggest losses yeah. in the offseason, and that's the for London Indians. Um, they're, phew, I mean, their defense, defensive core, they're going to have four out of six new defensemen this year with Philip Johansson. Though. Yeah, Philip Johansson, Matthias Norlinder, <clears throat> Jens Olsen, and Stefan Elliott coming in. Um, but their losses are huge. Brandon Gormley, that's a massive loss on it the back really end, good, especially yeah. for their power play. Um, Former Coyotes prospect, I think. Julius Bergman, Carl Storlery, Jacob Mouverer, and Theodore Lundstrom, all defensemen leaving the team. Uh, losing some big, big names up front. Samuel Fagamo, Rhett Roshani, Sebastian Stolberg, and Jacob Peterson, all at least not re-signed yet. Jacob Peterson has had four fairy stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ryan Lash, we don't know. He's a bit of an unknown so far. I don't think we know what Rick Rockshani is doing either, do we? Uh, nope. So, there's so. there's still some unknowns, but... Uh, I can Google Rick Rockshani. But yeah, other than... Well, other than their uh, their defensive core, their forwards at the moment, uh, Jan Mersak returning to the league from uh, Bern. Yeah. And then Linus Nassian is uh, returning after being lent to another team. Fralunda should be fine, because... They made first and foremost their profit was nine point seven million Swedish crowns this past season, which is they got some to money to throw around. Players and their their own like finance financials are well great, uh, so they can easily jump out and get a star signing if need be. Yeah, and there are opportunities still. Um, we don't know what happens in North America. They they could yeah. I mean they could go for a fringe NHL player exactly. So. So uh, I expect them to sign make at least one more marquee signing offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, if I were a Fernando fan, I wouldn't be worried. Yeah, not at all. Uh, next team on the list is another team with a lot of players leaving. Faristad. Yes. Um, and obviously the big one from Faristad that's leaving is Marcus Nielsen. Yeah. Heading to uh, the KHL. That's a but, big loss, obviously. Yeah, um, they've uh, but they've they've certainly added some pieces as well. They, yeah. Um, Anyways, take it away. No, sorry. They've lo- also lost Per Oslund, so they lost their top two scorers. Mm-hmm. Um, but their signings are kind of cool. Uh, Jacob Peterson, obviously, we talked about just before. Yep. Uh, Ole Luxell coming over from Linköping. Yeah, uh, I think he'll. That's a fringe twenty goal scorer this coming season absolutely. in the right environment. Um, Adam Yeeling, we don't know. He didn't have the best of seasons in Linköping, but he can play, and he's a good D man. Yeah. And sheltered minutes probably in Ferrystad, which would be uh, to his benefit. Mm-hmm. Also, he's he was really in the need of a fresh start. So just get that confidence. Someone that leaves you completely new environment yeah. might be a very positive thing for Autumn in this case. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit worried about their goalie situation. Yeah, their goalie situation is a little unknown because they've got Arvid Holm, who... Um, well, he had a pretty decent season between the pipes, um, yeah. and obviously moving ahead, he'll probably be the, at least number one A, but they've also signed Jesper Eliasson, who's the young guy. And He's going to be loaned out, we know that. And then Henrik Kokland from, uh, from Liga. Yeah, so we'll see. Haukeland has been 
I think he's been with Firestone before. He's been in the SHL at least, so... I'm gonna do the old Google here because I want to get that right. I think he's played with Firestone. Uh, was he in Lexan maybe? Because he spoke very well Lexan. Maybe... We yeah, Lexan. What? Yes, Lexan and Timro. Sorry about that. Um, but it's a decent signing and um, they got this goalie coach which is kind of well known that I kind of lost the name of right now so yeah um, eh, decent I'm kind of interested looking at Jacob Nielsen coming over from the Rockford Ice Hawks I don't know much about him he played with Mora before um, but all of the signings can just come into fruition like that and they've, then they've got a highway server team so exactly cool. I expect more from Victor Axel this coming season. Also, um, uh, Gustav Vidal and Daniel Wikström can be prominent players again. So. Yeah. Next team on the list, HV71, who have also lost some uh, big pieces of their team, or at least not re-signed them. Uh, first and foremost, longtime captain Martin Thornburg. Yeah. Cool. It's more of a... I, I can't really tell you his stats this past season, but I'm not expecting him to be excellent. But uh, Marcus Lordson on the back end, yeah. uh, Leah Sanderson, who came over about halfway through the season after leaving the New York Rangers, so I'm not too sure if he's going to be maybe heading back to the NHL. Uh, Oscar Sund, currently not listed on their roster. Linus Sandin, Christopher Person. Um, yeah, uh, so they're yeah they've got uh, got some gaps to fill, but they have signed Frederick Forsberg from Carl Skoga, Anton Wadine from the Rockford Icehogs, and Jesper Kokonen from uh, Carl Skoga as well. Uh, yes, I understand that he's listed with the Hartford Wolfpacks. Uh, so he is pack, heading, heading uh, back to North America. At elite prospect, but I'm not sure that's the final uh, say. Um, I'm not that impressed with their summer so far. Yeah, I mean, with Daniel Bertoff coming over from Rogo is probably going to be a big... He's, he's, he's going to need to be. Yeah, he's, yeah exactly. Um, they've got Emil Andre, who's a touted prospect, obviously. Uh, Niklas Arel, <laughs> that's a fringe signing. That's like a, I don't know, you need to fill the roster. Yeah. I'm not bashing him as a person, obviously, but yeah, the best signing, obviously, is Anton Bedin, mm -hmm. who, who will come in and provide some really interesting offensive alternatives and options for them. But no, I'm not impressed. Fair enough. Their, their, their overall, overall roster is interesting. Mm-hmm. But I think there's something missing. Yeah. Uh, also, they got a new coach in Niklas Rom, who was previously an assistant coach. Yeah. So. And uh, the next team, which is actually somewhat surprising um, when it comes to their lack of player movement, yeah. is Lexant. Given their struggles this season, they've only actually got four players not confirmed to be returning in Philip Johansson, Thomas Hall-Fails, and Linus Person, and Matthias Carlson. And they've only made... Three signings? Three signings, but have basically replaced... Two signings. Two signings. Sorry. But have replaced their entire staff, uh, co coaching staff. Yes. Bjorn Helpfist uh, coming in to take over as the head coach, I believe. Michael yes. Carlberg and Frederick Hallberg will be his assistant coaches. But other than that, yeah, Otto Pajanen is uh, pretty much really their only signing so far. And they've got August Berg returning from loan. I want to pause on Otto Pajanen here for a while because... I. He's a center, and I think if they put him together with uh, Patrick Sackerson and Mike Rivik, mm. that's your... that's going to be a deadly line. Exactly. Then you have that like. If, I mean, that could that has the potential to be one of the best lines in the league. Yes, but what's after that? Exactly. There's so no depth. They have it's like the Edmonton Oilers when they play Drysaddle. No other comparison, obviously, <laughs> with <laughs> McDavid. You have that Howitzer or Rover line, and then it's not much behind it, but. Well, for for the first few games, if they can get that line going and just winning a few games, you get that confidence going, and you can get the whole get team around. Get other players step step up, and then during the season they could split the guys up and have them carry other players. So it's a nice start, really nice start. And Pajanen obviously being the key to kind of wake up Sakrisson. Yeah. And Marek Rivik had a really good first season in the SHL. Well, yeah, Marek Rivik is just a fantastic goal scorer. Yes. So uh, that's an interesting line. Like like you said, it could be very well be one of the best lines in the league. And so, then, but like you said, there's very lack of depth in that lineup. Yes. I don't think Alexander are done. Just today, when we're recording this on June 26th, they signed Matt Cato. And um, I can see them making another signing or two. Yeah. Well, 
So we'll see. That's, uh, I'm cautiously optimistic with Lexan having made that signing, actually. Yeah. Next team is our, well, I guess our hometown team. Hometown team, yeah. Lynn Shoping, um, who have made some moves during the offseason. Um, I guess probably first and foremost would be uh, either Philip Berglund. Dude, dude, I think, to be honest, we'll get back to the goalies, but yeah. in the roster, I think they've they've won the offseason so far. They've made the best signings in terms of completing their team. Yeah. Ola Palve was, coming over from Texas Stars yes, in the NHL. I know Marcus Cal- Leung coming from yeah, Admiral Vladivostok. Palve, I know the Calgary Flames really wanted him in his organi- their organization before he came over to to uh, sorry Pittsburgh Penguins um, mm. and then got traded to Texas. But but uh, so Palve, I expect big things from him. Marcus Young is a marquee signing in any SHL team. He'll provide that kind of grit, kind of hatred <laughs> that you need from the other players. He'll he'll take a lot of focus and also get a lot of chances to create create them himself, which will be yeah. They've completed their forward line really good. Philip Berglund didn't. Well, he had a great good season, not a great season. Yeah, but I, I, I think we said it was second in ice time and collect or something. Something like that, yeah. And if he if he can get his play going. Isan doesn't really need productivity all the time, but if he can get it going under Bert Robertson, dude, it's a steal. Absolutely. Um, the, the, of, I think we're both going to the bit same. Bit of a question mark on the goalie side. Point, same point here, yeah. And for the last few seasons, that has been the question mark in Lynn Chopin. And obviously, everybody, once he came back in, what was it, 2017, everybody was excited for Jonas Gustafsson <laughs> having spent a number of seasons in the NHL. Before he went to the NHL, he was widely regarded as the best goalie in the world not playing in the NHL he just hasn't seemed to have that magic that he had in the late 2010s or late 2000s early 2010s before he moved over to the NHL and he's just he's been very inconsistent yeah he'll be a brick wall one day and then an absolute fishing net the next the inconsistency of last season goes boils down to their change in style of play under Bert Robertson in his first season as a coach. He changed everything. And I mean everything. From how they turn over the puck, from how they switch, like, breakout plays, anything. They did completely do-over of the entire system. At, and it all boiled down also to the goalie position because he wanted uh, Gustafsson to play in a bit of a different way. And Gustafsson kind of overplayed it from time to time and kind of underplayed it from time to, time to time because I don't think he found his groove but looking at like the last, I don't know, 10 games of the season, uh, despi- uh, despite that giveaway to Rogler, yeah. uh, sorry, Vekra, uh, when he kind of tried to break out pass in overtime, I think, and it got turn- turned over and he let it in a goal, I think it was really solid. And it goes to show that the defensive, kinda, defensive core kind of trusted him more. So he needs to be on top of his game, obviously, but... It can still be found. Yeah. It's not over for him. And to be fair, he didn't have the worst season as far as stats are concerned. 2.35 goals against and 9.17 save percentage. But like you said, he's got the potential to be much better. Yeah. And I think a lot of it... Yeah, I, th- I think it'll come by itself this season. Because Linköping, sure, they've signed uh, one, two, three, four players. And got Nikola Pasic back from low. But their turnover isn't huge. No, and, I, and, I as far, and as far as names that are leaving, there's nobody really that pops off the page as like, holy smokes, that's a big loss. No, exactly. Because we've got Jacob Johansson, who was the goaltender, obviously, Adam Jennings, uh, heading over to Faryastad, Anton Bjorkman, Robin Johansson, Oli Lixel, and Adam Faluka, who came over about halfway through the season and didn't really have and much, Eddie Larson. much success. And Eddie Larson, yes. And on, on the D, D side, the signings way outplay their losses. And offensively, they had things going last season. Um, and then just got another few options now. So Lynch have, been, have made one hell of an offseason so far. Yeah, I think they're, like you said, they're definitely uh, one of the teams that have, I think, made the smartest moves with also yeah. minimizing their losses as much as possible. Yeah. Uh, Luleo, next team over, is another team that has had very little change in the offseason. Biggest one, obviously, being Joel Lazanotti leaving for the KHL. That is going to just... And that, 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 that was such a big part of their game this past season because they're such a defensively-minded team, and he was kind of the rock they built that defense around. To be fair, I think uh, Rauzio had a decent season. He did, absolutely. Well. 
Um, uh, so their goalie play kind of boils down to their system as well, like Lin Shopping nowadays, uh, which is for Lulio a good thing because losing one of the best goalies in the league could hurt you. I'm not sure it will hurt as much as uh, Rogler losing Roman Will. True. For instance. But another big loss for Lulio as well was Yunus um, uh, Galvanti. I mean, yeah. he was. He's, I, I always liked Galvanti. He's a, he's a good good body back there on the blue line. But yeah, obviously, Lazanonti, the biggest loss for them in the offseason. Uh, coming in are uh, Victor Berglund, Eddie Larson, and Linus Clausen. So, some, I mean, well known players. Uh, Linus Clausen, we haven't seen for a while in Sweden. Um, did kind of well last time around. Yeah. Victor Berglund is a really interesting signing. I think most of the SHL teams really wanted him. Um, he came over from Modo and Hockey Allsvenskan. And Eddie Larson, we've been into before, uh, playing him sheltered minutes behind players like Daniel Sandell, Fredrik Stuman, Eric G- uh, Gustafsson, will do him well. So yeah. I don't expect Lulu to do that much more. No. Next team, it would be the Malmo Redhawks, who have seen quite a bit of change in both coaching and defense. Yeah. Uh, they've completely revamped behind the bench with Joachim, jo- Joachim Fagerval, Fagerval coming in for head coach Andreas Lilia and uh, Walt Jesper Matson returning as assistant coach. Um, yeah. They haven't... They've signed the Westerholm brothers, and uh, they're always a fun treat to watch. Uh, Oliver Lauritsen, I think he... He had a decent season in Jokerit. Marcus Lauritsson had a great season with H371. Yeah. So their decor is kind of cool. And like you and I, we had a message thread going the other day. Five out of their eight D-men are from Denmark. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of cool. And for those of you who might not know, Malmo is obviously right across the water from Copenhagen. Yeah, a 20-minute drive across the bridge or whatever, and you're in Copenhagen. Exactly. So. Uh, they're losing some big names, though. Obviously, first and foremost, their captain, Fridrik Andemark, heading over to the NHL. Um, hoping he has success there. Personally, yes. I am. Um, so that's a big loss for them. Also losing Nicholas Sorrell, Tobias Ekberg, Max Gertz, Henrik Hedda, Matthias Midnan, Jesper Jensen, and Carl Johan Lerby. Which are actually some names that have been with Malmo for a few seasons. I think we went into that when we had Malmo as our team of the week. And there are names... But looking at their stats, they weren't that productive. Yeah. So uh, I was kind of surprised looking at, at Max Jutsch, uh, his stats over the past few years. I thought he was a more prominent point getter, but no. So he only had 15 points in 37 games this past season. And it's been like that for a while now. So Yeah. Um, yeah. I can see Malmö. I don't know anything about Joachim Fagerwald as a coach. I was, well, I was going to say, I think Malmo's going to find themselves in a similar situation to Lynn Schoping this past season. Yeah. With that, that, with that much turnaround, especially behind the bench, there's obviously going to be an adjustment period. Uh, the team's going to need to adjust to the new coach and hit how he wants to play the game. So I don't expect him to have massive amounts of success, but I wouldn't be surprised if we do see them finishing in the top 10. Exactly. It could be... A hot start followed by a cold streak or whatever, or the other way around. You know, preseason doesn't really tell to you a whole lot about how they will play. And in terms of using the word rebuild, this is one absolutely. Um, and I'm, I'm I really hope that Joachim Fagerwald gets things going because he had such good success with Björklund that he's kind of <laughs> not due for a reward, but yeah, maybe. Speaking of rebuild, this is basically our rebuild from the foundations <laughs> as far as Oscar Schaum is concerned. I'm going to list off all the players that are have left or are not confirmed back on the roster. Richard Bachman, Daniel Rosengren, Marcus Helgren, Matthew Bowie, Jesper Dalroth, Henrik Nielsen, Victor Aronson. Feel free to have a cup of coffee while I continue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Simone Dupre, Ben Hughes, Oscar Nielsen, Nicholas Heinero, Philip Svenningsen, Pontus Nedeberg, Robin Soderquist, and Eddie Levine. All leaving Oscar Schaum. That is one, two, three, four, five, six, 17, right? 17 players. Yeah. That's basically that's yeah. 85%. But of there were a lot of loans and stuff, I think. So, yeah. because they've signed one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, okay, nine players, which is a whole lot. So, and they still got a decent roster. And a uh, big one, especially between the pipes, Joe Canada coming over yeah. from Pure Cloven. Um, they signed a lot of Pure 
couple of Bjorkloven players. Brian Cooper and Joachim Larsson as defensemen, both from Bjorkloven. Uh, Nolan Zajac coming from the Stavanger Oilers. And coming Mar- back, we should say, he played with uh, Oscar Sand before. Oh, did he? Okay, perfect. Adam Janicek coming over from Extraliga. Uh, Kim Stromberg from Liga. Jan Ordos from Extraliga. Frederick Olofsson and Kim Rosdahl returning to the NA- or NHL, the SHL. Rosdahl uh, played a couple seasons with Malmo. Yeah. And uh, Kim Sherberg coming from Cuckoo. Cuckoo. <laughs> Three signings so far coming over from the Finnish, uh, Finnish team. And uh, we've been into it before. I think Joe Canada uh, will have the least of the transition to do yeah. in net coming from Allsvenskan. Brian Cooper obviously played very well with Bjerg Levin, as did Joachim Larsson. But then again, it's, a, it's the same ring size, but it's much more fast, uh, much faster. But I can see them having a way better season. Absolutely. Yeah. Looking right. on paper, this is a better roster. Well, yeah, obviously management took a look at what happened last season yeah. and said, let's kind of start from scratch. And I think this, it's on purpose, maybe, but a newcomer coming up, they want to establish themselves. Obviously, Oscar Sam kind of didn't because they were due to play the relegation qualifier. Um but they've got a second chance, so in a way they did establish themselves. Let's not go into the details how and why. And this is what they're doing now, which is the exact right way. They're playing to, they're turning every stone to get another coin to use to, to get this roster as good as they can. Because let's face it, Oskarshamn is a small town. They've got a decent area to, to obtain fans from, but... It's not Stockholm. Yeah. There are no major companies coming in with millions of kroners to, to get you that final marquee player. They're doing exactly what they're supposed to. Exactly. And I really like it. Yeah. They got a new coach in Martin Philander and Jens Jacobs uh, because they had a coach change in the middle, middle of the season, just as you do when things are going bad, apparently. Um, we'll see what happens. There will still be bottom half, bottom four. But not given, not not necessarily bottom two. Yeah, absolutely. Which is way enough. Can they just avoid that relegation? Avoid relegation and slowly work their way up. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Build on it, step by step. The important thing for Oscar Sam now is have their new coach set his system. Because Mm -hmm. look at Lin Shopping. Yeah, they were in the relegation spot a couple of times for stints, but they put it together. Yeah. If they can just put it together at like a 10-game streak, not win streak, but a streak, that could save them from having to play relegation, and then they got things going. So move slowly, steady, and this could work out very well for us. Absolutely. All right, final four teams. Next one is the team that has arguably lost the most. Yeah. Um, every every name on this player out list, except for maybe Hampus Gustafsson, no offense to Hampus Gustafsson, but Roman Will, Cody Curran, Daniel Bertoff, Dominic Bach, Niels Hoaglander, and Ted Brithin. There's All, a lot of talent. Man. That's a lot of talent being leaving Roglo, which yeah. I, I am so bummed we didn't get to see that team play in the postseason this yes. year because I have no doubt they would have been been in, a, in the finals, if not the champions. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, could you just say their name again, their losses? Roman Will, Cody Curran, Daniel... Hang on, Cody Curran, 50 points, Daniel, 49. Sorry. Daniel Bertoff. Uh, well, he's not a point getter. So but he's a solid defense. He's a solid demon, yeah. Dominic Bach. Uh, Bach had uh, 17 points, 11 goals. Niels Hoglander. Well, yeah. 9 goals, 7 assists. And Ted Brithin. 15 goals, 22 assists. Yeah. And Ouch. it's like both Dominic Bach and Niels Hoglander weren't putting up crazy amounts of points, but no. they're both young prospects. Dude, I could easily see potential. them both doubling their point totals this coming season. And however, Niels Hoglander did sign with the Vancouver Canucks. However, there is a Euro clause on that contract basically stating if he doesn't make the big club this year, he is permitted to return to Sweden. Yeah. So we could see him back in the lineup with Rogla depending on how it goes with Vancouver. Yeah. So yeah, that, that, that that's actually a very interesting point because that could have Rogla's making late signings depending on what happens in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Um, and w- the, how does that work? Let's say Hoaglander doesn't make the big team out of camp. Yeah. Will he return right away? 
I don't think so. I think he'd probably go to Utica and he'd be the top call-up if the Canucks oh, yeah, needed yeah. him. I, I could definitely see that. But there should be some sort of deadline, right? I believe there is, yeah. yeah. Um, but okay. yeah. I, I think that's negotiated. But obviously out of all those names, both Roman Will and Cody Curran are the two biggest losses for yeah. Roman. Roman Will especially, who came into the league for his first season between the pipes and performed phenomenally. <laughs> he was excellent. Uh, I like his style of play. He was very... Sorry. It's the... Soda, <laughs> not no free ads and all that. Um, we should also mention that we're talking about the losses. They've made some decent acquisitions. Uh, Adam Tambellini and Brady Ferguson both coming over. Uh, Tambellini spent this past season in Allsvenskan with Moto. Uh, Brady Ferguson's an ECHL guy who's playing for the Newfoundland Growlers, um, and then Lucas Ekstall Janssen coming over from Forestad. Yeah. Uh, just we, I think we touched on this a couple of episodes ago, but Lucas Ekstall Janssen, I think he has. I mean, he has the word lying to his feet. This guy can be a prominent demon this coming season. He won't replace Cody Curran, obviously. No. But he can be a top four in regular for sure. And I can see him. Yeah, I can see him big things for him. Hopefully, because he's a young guy and he's, uh, yeah. And they've got Johan Matson from Adler Mannheim. Not Johan Matson from Fralano. So there's going to be two Johan Matsons between the pipes this year. Huh? Well, at least that's what it's listed on the SHL website. It says Johan Matson coming over from Adler Mannheim. You're the one that puts this page together. Damn it, it's John Gustafson. Oh. It is. Well, I thought that would have been fun to have Johan Matson against Johan Matson. That would have been weird. <laughs> Never mind. Don't pay attention to what Just I'm saying. Just cut that. No, we'll keep <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Uh, I'll have to you. Yeah. Um, have also lost some big pieces. Um, most, well, first and foremost, Mentes Armalis, um, between the pipes and, uh, Philip Berglund on the back end and Jonathan Pudas as well. Yeah. Yeah. Jonathan Pudas was probably one of the favorite D-man to watch for me, at least, uh, this past season. Um, I'm not entirely sure where he went. Do you know? I don't know if he's actually announced where he's going. Because I have not heard any news from him. And, is I he mean, going to Finland? He's not. He's only 27. He's not obviously... Re- yeah, he's going to Jokerit for the KHL. Oh, yeah, that's true. There you go. I kind of knew that. So that's not, a weird way to go, though. Not the but, biggest move as far as geography is concerned, but it uh, leaves a pretty big gap on the blue end, or the yeah. back end for uh, for Haleftia, because Pudis was not only their number one defenseman, but also their uh, power play quarterback. Yeah, and I can't really see anyone on the roster taking his spot right away. Um, maybe Philip Broberg. I was going to say Broberg would probably but, be my first choice, but not in the way that no. he played. Um, he was such a he he he's such a good puck mover. He's yeah. a great play setter um, and just a hell of a slap shot. Yeah. And so he was one of those defensemen that, you know, he was dangerous whenever he had the puck on his stick just because he could shoot and he could make those plays happen. Yeah, and his breakout play is really interesting. Yeah. Um, so that's a big loss for them. Yeah, they got a, de- a, a, a few interesting signings in Tyler Morley uh, yeah. coming over from Tapara, which is in the Liga of Finland. Uh, and also Jonathan Johnson from Modo. So Modo, we've <laughs> been through this before. Like Björk Levin, we're kind of ravaged by this whole non promotion kind of thing um but then again someone has to live and someone has to die so <laughs> uh I'm, I'm, it's a solid roster uh, i think it's a key a key to Kalefjo is that thomas kiskinen is will be around because he and joachim lindstrom had something going and also i mean oscar Müller obviously uh, is oscar Müller. um well and honestly one of my favorite players to watch from Kalefjo, he might not be the the, the biggest offensive producer but Andreas Wingerly oh yeah he's, he's just so he's, fast he's so fast and has such great hands he's a, just such an exciting player to watch yeah I mean <laughs> I was gonna say uh Wingerly he only huge rabbit ears here uh scored 16 goals I can see him scoring 25 absolutely with that speed I can see him scoring yeah 25 I won't say 30 because you don't see that anymore but 25 goals yeah sure you can see, let's say he scores 20 for the sake of it. Let's say Oscar Muller has a bit of a better season. He scores 24. He had, yeah. he had 20. Joachim Lindstrom only had 16 goals, which is... Which is very bad. Yeah, very well for Joachim Lindstrom. <laughs> but he had 39 points. Relatively so speaking. Uh, 
Robin Alvarez. Uh, I don't think he's confirmed to come back yet, so um, I'm not sure where he's going. They got a decent roster, and towards the end of the well, this now cancelled season, he was uh, sorry, Colletti was. They were just chumming along. Yeah, and I think they finished fourth. I believe so. Yeah, without anyone taking notice because they were eighth, ninth, and at some point I think they were tenth. I'm not sure, but they were way lower and then you just started chumming do, 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 fourth or whatever Give, yeah sure they got a new coach in Andreas Falk but nah this organization is on the right path again I, I, I like what they're doing yeah absolutely and the last two teams uh, let's take a look at the Vico Lakers I have a question about Vico oh who's gonna be their spearhead offensively their which spearhead that's a good question. Um, we were talking about this before we went on the air. Uh, Brendan Shinman is listed on their roster right now, but there's still a lot of kind of rumors swirling around him. We don't really know what's going on with him. I feel like Emil Pedersen has the potential to be the Maybe, offensive yeah. kind of tip of the spear, like you had mentioned. But Do you know who scored the most goals in Becca without checking? Uh, I want to say Roman Horak. Hilary Mellart. The defenseman. Yes. He scored 12 goals in 44 games. Damn. Yeah, that's one thing they obviously were just absolutely desperate for this yes. year was goals. Yeah. Which they just couldn't seem to find. Um, should should mention, though, um, the, well, I believe he's the point leader and all-time games played for the club, Robert Rosian, returning yeah. to, to the Lakers after spending one season with Sochi in the KHL. And he had a nice chemistry with Rikardinia way back, so there's something going there. Um, one of the two needs to be there. that spirit. That's why I asked the yeah. question. Um, and with guys like, well, like Roman Horak leaving, yeah. not returning. Um, he didn't I, have a great season, though. Didn't have a great season, um, but he definitely had that potential. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's... It's up for grabs, I guess. Honestly, their signings are so-so. I'm, I mean, Emil Forslund, not to bash him as a person, but that's a fringe signing as well. Yeah. Like a kind of cheap signing. Um, someone by NHL comparisons would have, you know, that 1.2 million contract just to fill the roster. Exactly. Um, but then again, they've got some really nice talent in, in Jakob Forsbacher Carlson, who can be, I, I think he can excel really well. Uh, Robert was saying. Marcus Davidson also, I don't think, lived up to his potential he didn't. this year. He did. He, uh, he was looking a little bit lost without his brother, honestly. He was, yeah. Because him and. Um, I'm blanking. What is his brother's name? Marcus and Jonathan. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan obviously went over to the NHL and they were unbelievable together with when they played with Yervorn. Yeah. Uh, especially when they played online with. Um, the, well, you know this better than I do. The guy with the long hair, the really oh. fast... Uh, oh, yeah? No. He kind of came in and replaced... Um, I can't remember. Ugh, frick. You're good at this. You wouldn't be a key witness, would you? No, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> uh, I can't remember his he name. He has uh, long hair. It's fast. Uh, oh, I can't remember. But anyways, they played online with this guy with <laughs> long just, hair. <laughs> someone in Stockholm is just smashing his phone right now. He's going, is that God damn it. I don't know either, so... But uh, it's he had a double name, a double last name, a hyphenated last name. I'm gonna look this up. But anyways, yeah, I think uh, Davidson's definitely got the potential to uh, be a top scorer for the Lakers. He's just gotta gotta find that. Uh, oh yeah, I think I know who you're talking th about. That that play that uh, he had with his brother. Also, I'm really uh, curious to see Yusuf Aino play mm. their new D-man. I think he'll be. I think it's. I, I like Finnish D-man because they're often playing with such a poise and they're very calm in their play. I haven't seen the Finnish D-man being stressed. Axel Johnson, Fialdi. There you go. Oh yeah, he's got a nice flow. Anyways, um, go on. <laughs> I lost my shape of thought. Finnish defenseman. Oh yeah. You like Finnish defenseman. Yes, yes. Because they're so calm. You don't see... Because their puck handling skills are way better than the most Swedish D-man. Sorry guys, but they are. Um, yeah. I think they've got some decent things going for them in Vekwa. Uh Goalie-wise, are we sure Victor Faust can be Victor Faust again? No. Nope. Are we sure Erik Schellgren is the one to replace him? No. Nope. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> no no offense to either of those men, no. but um, I mean, Victor Faust, to be fair, had a great season in 
2017-2018, to be fair, the entire team that year had a great season. Um, but and he's he's I, honestly I I compare him to Jonas Gustafsson. Yeah, he he they're both former NHLers. They both have the capability of being world class goaltenders, but they're both inconsistent night to night. Yeah, that yeah. kind of sums it up for them. Yeah, for yeah. both the goalies and Vicko. Uh, yeah, and hey, this should be perfect. Last team to go, and we're just under an hour. There you go. And it is Arebro, who I had seriously high hopes for coming into this past season, who performed unbelievably for the first two months of the season. I believe they were first in the league when it came halfway through November. And then just started slowly falling down the standings and finished, what did they finish, eighth, I think? Yeah, something like that. And they haven't made a whole, actually, yeah, they have, never mind. Well, I mean, they've lost some people, they've replaced some people. Uh, Nick Ebert, like we had mentioned before he signing just recently, Jonas Enroth between the pipes, uh, Jonas Arnson returning between the pipes. But um, I think Ebert having him back on the blue line will be big for them. And yeah. uh, like you said, Borna Rendulic. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. To yeah, see I'm really interested to see what he does. Uh, also, I think uh, Robert Leno can be a nice acquisition for them. I don't know much about him, but I did watch some highlights the other day, and I, I mean. He's a decent player. Yeah. Nice, nice, um, nice hands going. Um, one of my favorite players in Erbro is Christopher Mastomaki because he's such a nice all around player. I don't, I don't know why, but I kind of got a you know soft spot for him. Um, yeah. Uh, Jonas Jonas Enroth is a good goalie. Yeah. He's he's a small goalie. He's a very uh, agile goalie. So you. Once you get him moving, there's there is a risk he'll overplay the situation. Yeah. You, no other comparison, but for those of you watching the NHL, uh, Jonathan Quick. Hmm. Um. And sure, the SHL isn't the NHL, and it's there is more time. Yeah. There's a bigger, more space. Um. But if you can get Jonathan Roth moving. His demon needs to be on point. Yeah. Because that... Well... But then again, he was in Erebro before and he played really well. So they know him. Yeah. So, yeah. Should also mention, um, I believe, Matthias Bromea um, also has a Euro clause in his contract Probably. with Detroit. So he's could potentially be back in uh, Erebro. He will be back happens. on the podcast, though. He will, yes. yes. We'll get him back after... Uh, this pandemic thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that covers it. All 14 teams. I'm going to check if we've got any Twitter questions and uh, Patreon questions and all that. And shout out to Andreas, who's our new patron. Did I yes. tell you? No, I didn't. Well, I didn't tell you, but I didn't say it on the podcast, did I? Yeah, Andreas, our, our new patron, which is awesome. I think that makes us six. Uh, six. Yeah. All right. And they are. Making those big bucks. All right. Are, yes. We can buy a new microphone and a mixer in like two years. Something like that. Or four. <laughs> uh, but thank you all to our patrons, Daniel, Lucas, Anton, Zachary, Tobias, and Andreas. Uh, we're very thankful for you guys sponsoring our show and if you do want to sponsor our show and help us kind of get new gear and maybe studio um go to patreon.com slash across the pond pod but i'm just gonna check i put out no questions today and nothing on twitter and we don't have a reddit thread that i know of because i'm not on reddit uh so yeah what are you gonna do now uh, well, I am going to probably clean my house and prepare for tomorrow, having a birthday barbecue with a few friends. That's cool. You're not invited. Thanks. I'm not coming in. Anyway. I know you were invited and you said no. Yes. You and your stupid kids. Yeah, they are stupid. <laughs> no, they're not. Oh, but uh, anyways, yeah, that's uh, that does about just about does it for episode number 21 of Across the Pond. Hopefully next week for our episode we'll have some sort of interview. Yeah. Oh we're yeah, we're going to send some text now. So yeah, we're, we're trying to get, there's a couple of interviews we're trying to uh, arrange and get going. But, we might get uh, like a double interview, two guys at one time. Which would, which would be kind of cool. very fun. But yeah. Uh, yeah, thank you very much for listening. Big shout out to our patrons who are... I told you already, but you did. Sorry, I wasn't paying attention. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving. Particular shout out to Tobias Josephson for putting together our music, our intro and extra music for us. Uh, follow us on Twitter across T Pond Pod. My name is David Ashbaugh. You can find me at Ashbaugh Dave. I'm Sixton Funquist. You can find me at F U N Q V I S T. 
And uh, you can follow us on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Ooh, I should mention we're up to 101 followers That's on Spotify awesome. oh, now. The guy in Japan, you must send us a DM. DM. Yes, because <laughs> I was you? looking on our, analy- our podcast analytics and Japan is now the sixth most popular country when it comes to our podcast. Which is kind of cool. Which is kind of cool. But uh, yeah, thanks very much for listening. Hope you guys enjoy your weekend. Uh, wash your hands, stay safe. And as, of course, as always, support your local business more See. now than ever. See you later. Yeah.